Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Connie and the World Burping Federation champ, Meg, <laughs> is going to tell us about Jeffrey Lynn Hand. No, I was drinking a blue moon on the blue moon and I've just been very burpy this evening. So sorry if any of those interrupt our blue moon. regularly scheduled, I guess not even our scheduled true crime. I love What'd you say? Moon. Did you have an orange with it? No, I don't fruit the uh, beer. I'm a fruit beer girl. I know you are. The lime, the orange. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I like to put an orange popsicle in my blue moon. That's I haven't tried that before, but I would be willing to. When I didn't have an orange once and I was just thinking about it and I was like, this is the vibe. I love this. And now I just Does do it Does it make sometimes. it flat? Because my favorite thing about beer is the hops. Uh, no, not really. Not if you drink it fast enough, no, baby. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's get to it. <laughs> Let's get into it. Um, so this case honestly has like kind of Trisha Reitler vibes. Ooh. I know. And I thought I accidentally fell into this rabbit hole because I was doing um, research for what I wanted to do for August's sticker of the month. And I happened upon I was looking for true crime headlines and I found this headline and it set me into this. And I was like, I'm doing this episode. So on the morning of September 12th, 1977, 20-year-old Anne Louise Harmeyer left her home in Cambridge City, Indiana. She was heading back to Bloomington where she attended Indiana University. She was going into her junior year and studying theater and was very involved with the IU drama program. Despite leaving early, Anne did not make it to class that day, and her mother grew concerned when Anne didn't call that night. Anne's burnt orange Plymouth Le Mans was found stopped along Highway 37 in Morgan County near Martinsville, Indiana. It was locked, the battery was dead, the emergency lights had been flashing on and off, which was why the battery had died. A later examination of the vehicle found that the car's radiator was out of water and that it had overheated. So she had legitimately had a car issue, gotten out of her car, and had started walking. Probably attempted to hitchhike or to flag down some help, because again, 1977... The only thing missing from her car were, of course, Anne and her purse. There didn't appear to be any signs of a struggle in or around the vehicle. And a witness claimed to have seen Anne hitchhiking. And a good Samaritan had picked her up and given her a ride home. Anne was missing for five weeks. Despite an extensive search... That included a missing person campaign that made national headlines, describing Anne as everyone's daughter. On October 18th, 1977, a farmer beginning his harvest discovered Anne's badly decomposed remains in a cornfield roughly four miles from where her car was left. 
Her arms were tied behind her back. She had been raped and strangled with her own shoelaces, and her personal effects were scattered around her body. And her case went cold. Mm. But meant many different people were thought to be sub-suspects. There was a list of people they thought could have done this. Ted Bundy was a suspect, a suspect in this case. Oh, that's case wild. Because he, uh-huh, he had been in the area at the time. Um, there were several local sex offenders. A couple of IU students were questioned. But no one was ever arrested after her case went cold. Anne's mother, Marjorie, was told by an Indiana State police officer on the case that he was positive that the man responsible for her daughter's murder was a man named Stephen Judy. Stephen Timothy Judy was born on May 24th, 1956, and as a fellow Gemini, I am offended. Stephen was the son of Myrtle and Vernon Judy, and he allegedly grew up in an environment surrounded by violence. Vernon had been arrested for domestic violence against Myrtle, and Myrtle had abused Vernon right back. Stephen regularly witnessed this. His father at one point found his mother cheating on him and responded to the incident by killing the family what? dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was not a good place to grow up in steven judy himself said at one point there's times when i can remember my mother pulling a gun out on my dad and trying to shoot him as a child steven was caught committing arson he tried to burn down a neighbor's garage and he also stabbed a classmate with a pair of compasses like oh, the math Jesus. compass with a pencil and you draw the circle yeah at 10 years old Stephen was pushing high school girls to the ground to sexually assault them. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's having it. It's a rough, rough go yeah. from the beginning. At 13, Judy pretended to be a Boy Scout, forced himself into a woman's home, raped her, and then tried to kill her with a pocket knife. But the pocket knife broke before he was able to kill Oh my her. god, at 13? When he was 13 Jesus years old, this, he did this. And she did not die, but he fractured her skull and cut off one of her fingers with a pocket knife. Oh my knife. god. Yeah. Like, just the agony. Imagining the agony of having one of my fingers chopped off with like a sharp knife. I cannot fathom how this poor woman felt not only having her finger cut off with a pocket knife, but having to carry that reminder with Dude, her. Dude, I the don't. Rest of and her life. My middle son is a boy scout and his little pocket knife that they have. He was struggling to carve soap. So I can't even fucking imagine. Oof. It gives me the, the goosebumps. For sure. Just, I hate it. Yeah. Heebie jeebies. At the trial for this assault, because 13-year-old Stephen Judy was put on trial. He initially claimed, he's like, I got no idea what you're talking about. I'm not involved with this in any way. But then they were like, yeah, well, what about you pushing down girls and like sexually assaulting them? What about that kid you stabbed? How about the time you burned down your neighbor's garage? Like, oh, that um, thing. <laughs> oh, those things? Yeah, I forgot about that stuff. Hmm... So he pled insanity, 
and he was found guilty. He received six months in a juvenile detention center before being sent to a mental hospital. Stephen was diagnosed as a sexual psychopath while he was in the hospital, and after he was released, Judy was placed into foster care. He was sent to live with a couple named Robert and Mary Carr, and they were not told about his violent history. Oh, that's nice. That's so, nice. Yeah. There's, I think there's laws in place for that now, right? Uh, that I am not Maybe. sure. I'm not sure either, but I feel like that's just, like, that's excessive. Because a kid tried to murder someone and cut off her finger and fractured her skull. If they were coming to live with me, I would want to Dude, know about 100%. that. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But he continued to live with the cars into adulthood. Um, on April 28th. 8th 1979 it was a saturday a woman named terry lee chasteen was on her way to drop her children off at the babysitter before heading into work while on the road 23 year old Stephen judy passed her car and motioned at her that she needed to pull over he was like urgently like pull over pull over pull over and initially she was confused she did inevitably pull over and thinking that again judy was just this is a good samaritan yeah. She, ex she accepted his help and he told her that something was wrong with her tire and he offered to fix it. Instead, Judy disabled Terry's vehicle and offered Chastine and her children a ride. He then drove them to White Lake Creek, which is a creek that runs through Boone County in southern Indiana. And at the creek, Judy found a trail and had the children walk ahead of both him and mm. Chastine. When the children were far enough ahead of them, Judy raped Chastine before binding her hands and feet and beginning to choke her. Terry was able to scream for help and her children ran back toward their mother. But later that day, police officers discovered the bodies of Chastine and her three children, Misty, who was five, Stephen, who was four, and Mark, who was only two years old. Stephen Judy had strangled Terry Chastine and drowned her oh three my children God. in the creek. He was arrested, and after several witnesses came forward and helped police narrow down who had murdered Terry, Misty, Stephen, and Mark. Stephen was arrested and charged again before, and he pled insanity again because that yeah, worked before. Yeah. So he's just like, I'll, I'll just do that again. There's obviously evidence that I am insane. But he wanted his trial to be over quickly. And he promised the judge and jury that he would kill again unless they sentenced him to death. So on February 2nd, 1980, he was convicted of rape and murder. And on February 25th, he was sentenced to death. Before he was sentenced, Stephen told the judge, I honestly want you to give me the death penalty because someday, somehow, I might get out. And I think I've already shown that. Because yeah, he did try yeah. to murder someone and he did get out. So Stephen Judy was executed on March 9th, 1981 in the electric chair. He was the first person executed in Indiana since Richard Kiefer. And I believe you covered that guy in an mm -hmm. earlier episode. Mm -hmm. And he was executed on June 15th, 1961. He was 24 Jesus, years old. Jesus, that's insane. What a life wasted. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like as I was reading through that guy's story, I was just like, my God. Um, the week before he had been executed, Judy told his foster mother, Mary Carr, that he had raped and murdered women in multiple states. He claimed he had killed more women than he could even remember. Judy confessed to the 1973 slayings of two women in Louisiana, which he said he committed while he was staying in New Orleans. He also confessed the November 1978 murder of Linda Unverzacht, who was a disco dance instructor in Indianapolis. Um, and he also claimed that he had abducted and raped a woman in Louisiana and after he had kidnapped and raped her, he threw her into a swamp and did not know if she had survived the oh ordeal. Oh, God. Stephen also suggested two other possible murders that he had committed in Indianapolis. He had raped two women in separate incidents. After raping one of the victims in 1978, he left her tied to a tree in a wooded area. And again, he was unsure as to whether or not she had survived. Because he had just left her there. In 2002, author Bet Nunn theorized that Stephen Judy could have been responsible for the 1977 murder of Anne Har Harmeyer due to the similarities in hers and Terry Chastain's cases. They had both been raped and strangled with their own belongings. Both women were kidnapped from a highway by someone who had offered to help them. Their bodies had all been dumped in isolated areas in the same county. However, Indiana State Police reviewed Judy's jail records and found that Stephen Judy had been in prison in the Marion County Jail on the day Harmeyer disappeared. You just... And Stephen Judy... You just took me what? on that ride and I thought that was the guy that did it. <laughs> No, Jesus. it's not. Because what is the name of this episode? It's not Steve and Judy. <laughs> I know you're right. You're, I didn't even. I even said it. I introed it, and I'm still. I still was like, oh, this has got to be the guy. <laughs> you're still like, what the heck? No, Steve and Judy denied any involvement in her murder. But Marjorie Harmeyer, Anne's mom, died in 1983, never knowing what happened to her only daughter, her only oh child. God. Because the murder remains unsolved, technically, to this day. What? But she was under the... Yeah, this is still an unsolved... Anne's death is still technically unsolved. And we'll talk about it at the end. But Aunt Marjorie died thinking that Stephen Judy was responsible for Anne's death. Five years before Anne's death. So that was 77. Was it 1972? Around there? Yeah, 1972. 19-year-old Pamela Malam was staying the night, or was planning to stay the night in her room, or a room, at the Sigma Kappa Sorority House at the Indiana State University campus on Friday, September 16, 1972. And I should note, for people not in the state of Indiana, Indiana University and Indiana State University are two different colleges. Yeah, they are. But they're both in southern Indiana. They are not the same college. So there were just events going on at the Indiana State campus that weekend, and 
Pam usually commuted to school, but she was going to sleep in the sorority house because she was one of its pledges and she was allowed to. That evening, she ran out because she was going to move her car closer to the house. She told her sorority sisters that she would be back in just a few minutes, but Pam never returned. And the next morning, she failed to arrive for her 8 a.m. Saturday shift at the school's library. After this, she was reported missing, and Pam's father and sister spent Saturday searching the campus for her. Pam also drove a Plymouth Le Mans. She drove a 1964 Le Mans. Oh, that's weird. And her vehicle, isn't that weird? I thought that was weird, too. I was like, what? I do have to correct you for just a second. Oh, Indiana okay. State is in Terre Haute. Terre Haute is not in Southern Indiana. I think you're Indiana thinking... State's in Evansville. No, Indiana State is Terre Haute. Sycamores. I'm like 99.9% I'm sure. I promise it's Terre Haute. It keeps giving me Illinois State. It's the Hope. Look, I partied I... there. <laughs> it's the... It's a sycamore. Uh, Honestly, I still. Larry Bird went there. Mm -hmm. Damn. Am I really that off? Yeah, it's like. I still think Terre Haute is southern Indiana, though. No, I mean, it's a little bit south of you, but it's pretty like it's not much like further south than you. It's just like directly west. It's on. It's right by Illinois. We're discussing the semantics of Indiana colleges and. (laughs) I actually didn't <laughs> I didn't put in my thing that it was in Evansville. I just said that it was in Evansville because I I was pretty confident <laughs> that it was, but you're right. I'm not gonna take that from you. You're absolutely right. I just um, knew if I didn't say something, someone I, else would. Someone someone's gonna come for me. Actually, Larry Bird went there and um uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Okay, you're right. My bad. <laughs> Which one is in Evansville? Uh, is another one with Indiana in the name? Let me see. I'm sorry. This is like a hard digression. But now we're in a different rabbit hole that we need to solve. Yeah, it's called the University recording. of Southern Indiana. <laughs> yeah, there it is. USI. Okay. <laughs> That's why I thought it was when it was ISU. See, I don't even know what I'm talking about. My goodness. Okay. The, yeah. We digress hugely. So um, yes. we digress hard. So she was in Indiana State University, which is in Terre Haute. Thank you, Connie. Um, where, ta- where Larry Bird went. Where Terry Bird went. <laughs> Terry, where Terry Bird went. One of us <laughs> likes sports and one of us doesn't. <laughs> it's not that I don't like them. I just don't watch them. Um. Everyone knows who Larry Bird is. Uh, So she was in Terre Haute, not in Evansville. My bad. We're going back. So she drove a 1964 Plymouth Le Mans. Weird. Same car as Ann Harmeyer. And her vehicle was finally located on Saturday around 7 p.m. If you looked in the car window, you could see her glasses and her purse still in the vehicle but it was locked. Pam's father got there with a spare set of keys and Pam's body was discovered after her father opened the trunk of her vehicle. Oh my God, I hate that. Mm -hmm. 
She had been gagged and then bound with a clothesline. Her body was covered in bruises. She had injuries on her head and her face. And her cause of death was determined to be strangulation. Seven weeks after her body was discovered, a man named Robert Wayne Austin was arrested. He had been arrested for a series of abductions and attempted abductions. Austin was a serial rapist who would abduct his victims and then rape them before he would just return them to the ISU oh campus. He was a pig. He, yeah. He was inevitably charged and convicted of rape, sodomy, and kidnapping and sentenced to life in prison. But there was no concrete evidence that linked him to the murder of Pam, and her case went cold. In 2001, Indiana State Police reopened Pam's case in an attempt again to link Austin to her murder using DNA that they had found on an article of Pam's clothing. Instead of connecting him to her murder, that DNA profile found on Pam's shirt actually eliminated oh him my as God. a suspect completely. So, lucky day for him. Still a shitty guy. Like, still a piece of shit. Yeah, one million percent. But not, not Pam's murderer. In addition to the DNA not being a match, a fingerprint found on her glasses and car door also did not match that of Robert Austin or anyone stored in APHIS, which is the Automated Fingerprint Identification System. Um, the DNA profile was entered into CODIS, but still, no known offenders. Mm. You know what? It's going to make a lot of sense here in just a second, because... Are you about to bring me full circle? I'm about to bring you to Terre Haute. <laughs> the case was reopened again in 2008 by Terre Haute, Indiana police chief. And he wanted to look for additional DNA evidence with hopes that it might be linked to one of the 56 males named in the files of Pam's cold case. They had 56 men Jesus. that this could potentially be, which is, is terrifying. Awful. Like there's 56 fucking monsters roaming around ISU's campus or somewhere in that general area. The clothesline that had been used to bind Pamela did end up providing a partial DNA profile, um, which established a single male suspect after it was compared to other DNA profiles that had been created from the stain on Pamela's blouse. Still, this case remained cold until 2018. Oh my God, that wasn't that long from ago. From 1972. No, it wasn't. And it stayed cold that long because this was when DNA samples began to be compared to those submitted to genealogy hell websites. yeah <laughs> we love I to see it this. fucking love forensic evidence so they wanted to do this in 2009 but it was illegal and so when they reopened it in 2008 they were like well couldn't we test this stuff and they were like no you can't um but familial testing or forensic genealogy became 
a legal investigation tool not that long ago. And Terra Hope Police teamed up with Parabon Nanolabs to compare DNA profiles with those collected by genealogy websites. And ding, 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 they found a match. Hell yeah. <laughs> 40 years after Pamela's murder, Jeffrey Lynn Hand was identified as her murderer after DNA samples from his two sons linked him to the stain that had been tested on Malam's shirt with a probability match of 99%. Hand, like Stephen Judy, had been 23 years old at the time of Malam's murder, and he had not been a student at ISU. Pam's murder had been completely random, and Jeffrey Lynn Hand had been arrested in 1973, just a year later, on a completely different charge. On June 16, 1973, Hand had been driving along Highway 41 in his turquoise Chevrolet when he stopped to pick up 22-year-old Jeffrey Wayne Thomas and his 22-year-old wife, Carol. The couple had been hitchhiking back home to Evansville after visiting a friend in Chicago. That is a long way to hitchhike. Yeah, it is. It's not across the country, I guess, but like, still, it's a pretty good distance. So Han told the couple when he picked him up that he lived in a farmhouse in the nearby town of Warrington, Indiana, and he would give him a ride to Evansville. When they reached the road that was supposed to take them toward Evansville where they lived, Jeffrey Han suddenly said that he needed to stop at his aunt's house to get gas money. They pulled up to a pretty secluded farmhouse and Han pulled out his 38 caliber revolver and aimed it at the couple. At first they thought he was joking and this prompted him to fire a shot through the roof of the car. Jeffrey forced Carol to tie her husband's hand hands together with a nylon cord um, and then hand <laughs> tied Carol's behind her back. He put them in an outbuilding at this farmhouse for a while before he came back to talk to them. He did this two separate times because he found out initially that the Thomases only had a $1.17 $1.17 between them. They had less than $2. And Hand was like, no, I need $500 to pay an attorney. I have to file for bankruptcy. So he offered to just hold one of them hostage. And he would release the other to go find the $500. And if one of them went with him and got the money, then he would let them both go. Hand left to let the Thomases discuss who would go with him and get money and who would remain as the hostage. The two discussed and determined that Jeffrey Thomas would go with hand while Carol Thomas would stay behind and wait for the two of them to return. The two men got into the 1964 Chevrolet and left while they were gone. Bad bitch. Carol freed herself. Oh, yes, she did. Busted open the door's latch, just whoopowed that thing, and ran towards the farmhouse where she was able to alert the state police. State troopers came and picked her up, and they were waiting for Hand when he inevitably returned. 
he was arrested immediately. Hand confessed. He said that he had killed Thomas. They oh let he God. led him to their to his body. Yeah, and he had just dumped Thomas along the highway. His hands had been bound and he had been shot in the face. His throat was slashed and he had suffered from eight stab wounds to his chest and stomach. Hand was charged with first-degree murder and kidnapping for ransom, and his bond was set at $100,000. On June 25th, Hand attempted to hang himself in his jail cell. But his cellmates saved him and held him down until security guards could arrive. Hand's murder trial began on October 11th that year and lasted for eight days, during which the prosecutors demanded the death penalty for him. He was, however, found guilty by reason of insanity in the murder charge. For his second trial, which had to be moved several times but because of both like publicity and everyone knowing about the case and not being able to find a jury, and the fact that he beat another guy almost to death while he was awaiting trial. Jesus. He, yep, so he was also found not guilty by reason of insanity in the kidnapping charges or for the kidnapping charge as well. And he was ordered to be committed to the Norman Beatty mental hospital in Westville. The next year in June of 1976, despite his own attorney's protests, hand was released and returned to his family. 15 months later, Anne Harmeyer went missing. And in the weeks that followed, her case went cold. But on June 24th, 1978, Hand went to the Markland Mall in Kokomo, Indiana, where he abducted a woman named Susan Matlock at gunpoint. Fellow shoppers and store employees notified police who identified and pursued Hand's vehicle. Hand's car was cut off at a nearby parking lot causing him to ditch Matlock in the parking lot while he fleed on foot down an alley. Deputy Vernal Boff gave chase and Han Saboff reached for his car radio. So Han drew out his 32 caliber revolver and shot at him and hit him twice. The officer jumped into a ditch for cover, which was just in time for two other officers to arrive on the scene. They ordered Han to stop and he refused to do so. He ran towards a parked train, and officers decided to shoot at him. Uh, They were able to shoot him three times, and those injuries were fatal. And Hand bled to death while trying to crawl out from underneath a freight car. Yes. Um, Hand's DNA is linked to another unspecified murder in Wisconsin, and they're... He is being looked at very closely for the murder of Anne Harmeyer as well, but that case is still technically closed. And there have been no DNA links in that case, but it is, they think that it is very likely that he may have been responsible for her death as well. He just bled out. Jesus. He just bled out. Can you believe that though? He murdered a guy, kidnapped a woman. And tried to get a ransom out of them and then did one No, I can't fucking believe that. That's one of the worst ones you've said. Like, collectively, as on the podcast, when we talk about, like, shitty 
Yeah, that's Sentencing. one of the fucking worst. Yeah. I just thought that the similarities between... Because Hand allegedly had a very abusive childhood as well. He also grew up in or around Southern Indiana. And just... Like the cars all matching yeah. their ages. Like Hand and him were the same age. They both pled insanity and then got off and then tried to do as it immediately did it again like it's just it's just a mess and the fact that all those cases went cold for so long i don't know i don't know i was just again i went down a pretty big rabbit hole and there's not that's why i added steve and judy and that whole story in there was yes, because it was linked kind of closely to it, but it was also just like, there's not enough details in any of them to do a full episode on just one of those people. At least Judy was like, uh, I'm I'm going to do this. Like, if you'd let me out, I'm yeah. going to do it again. Yeah. I hate, obviously, I hate serial killers. I am like annoyed that they exist. Um but it all went like when they accept that that's who they are and that's who they will be. And they say like, Hey, if you let me out, I'm going to keep Carl doing Pantram. this. I'm like, good. Yeah, exactly. Hey, good. I'm glad that you were able to, you know, accept that. But also the amount of them who say that, and then they don't get the sentence. Yeah. It's like they say it and then they're like, should. actually, you know what? We don't believe you. <laughs> We don't think you're that. Um, we don't think so. We're going to give you another shot. And he, they're like, please, no, don't. No, we're going to we're going to let it happen. Mm, please, no, don't. Jesus. Yeah. So that's Jeffrey Lynn Hand. Dude, can you imagine like escaping and then thinking like you're just like he's just gonna steal your money like he's just taking your husband to steal money and then finding out like after you escaped he murdered your husband that's mm. awful i can't and they're so yeah. young she was 22 also the thomases were a black couple and this raised like a lot of racial tension in the area so there were like protests outside of the trial um, people got hurt at some of these protests. It was like very, it was very not a good time. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And honestly, because of the time, that's probably why his sentencing was a lot more lenient. Cause I think had that been a white couple, that wouldn't have happened. I'd probably agree with you for that. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. It's in southern indiana in the yeah. 70s yeah 100 percent. they there would have been riots for completely different reasons and that's horse shit but well i mean there's but between that and like oh well they were hitchhiking they're doing this you know mm -hmm. everyone hitchhiked in the 70s that's why we don't do yeah. it anymore because this many, so many people ended up dead. That's awful. That is crazy that it was like so, it's like the same area and like the same type of people. The same area, the same what ages. What the fuck was in the water? Colleges. What was in the water for these men at that time? Know. It's probably some kind of brain eating amoeba. Something. 
actually, I think it was just maybe a little bit of domestic mm-hmm. violence and uh, child abuse. <laughs> Again, maybe they were born that way, but yeah, I I know we kind of go back yeah. and forth on the idea that they're born this way, they're made this way. Nature versus nurture, always going to be a conversation. Because mm-hmm. I truly believe, but I with uh, I just went blank on his name. No, Carl Pantro. first guy you talked about tonight. No. Oh, Stephen Stephen Judy. Judy. Like, if he is, like, sexually sadistic at that young of an age, a lot – I that's that's a nature, I think. Yeah. Like, a 10-year-old pushing down almost a, like, high school girls. Teenagers. Because I do – high school girls. you tell me, yeah. like, oh, hey, he is – beating kids up and he has an explosive temper i could be like okay yeah you know what that does make sense if he has parents that fight all the time i guess an abusive household but to be like he is sexually assaulting girls at 10 multiple girls he is gonna cut a girl's pinky off at 13 that's that's more than that 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 feels like nature yeah and honestly we have to remember that there are a lot of humans that deal with violent oh my situations God, as children. Millions. Too many. And like it's an uncomfortable amount of obscene amounts. And they experience horrific things and they do not become Steve and Judy. Mass murderers. Yeah, they do not become, you know, serial killers. And they might be I I mean, they might have tempers, they might be violent, but they're not murdering. Exactly. People? I don't know. That's so awful. I, yeah. And maybe it was um, Stephen Judy's, like, proximity to, like, foster parents who seemed to care because they eventually found out what his history was and they didn't yeah. abandon him, you know? That might have been that thing for him that said, like, don't let yeah. me out. Like I, I was thinking about person. that, too. To be self-aware enough to be like, I am not safe. I can... I'm not a safe person. Don't let me out of these bars. Give me the death penalty. Well, thank you for that. That was traumatizing. And I misspoke. I have never covered Richard Kiefer. I think we've talked about him. Have we? I thought you did I don't think I did. Hmm. Because I went back through and I was like, did I cover him? I like instinctively said, yeah, because I figured like you knew. And then I was like, wait, I don't think I did. I keep thinking, who was the guy you covered in uh, northern Indiana who was also Todd Colehap? Do you remember that one? No, that was North Carolina. Yeah, and you covered him. I have his face in my head, too. Yeah, and he. Oh, my gosh. I have his face. I know, I can't remember. Someone remind us Let who go. it is. It's so sad when we go through so many of these yeah, that we can't. Yeah, because I remember his mugshot. Yeah. So Richard Kiefer, his, honestly, his wiki's kind of a blip. But he murdered his wife and said that he was sick of her criticizing his fishing and drinking habits. And then he murdered his five-year-old daughter. So he was fucked Jesus. up too, but yeah, you didn't cover him. I thought that I, was his name, Edward Richard, Wayne the other guy Edwards? you covered. 
I bet that was it. Yeah, I, that sounds familiar. I like how many things we have to like Google while we're talking. <laughs> there were a lot of errors tonight. USI, ISU. No, I don't think that one. No, it was an yeah, 80s one, like a 70s, him. 80s one. Um, oh, David Edward Mouse. Yes, there we go. You were close with the Edward. Yep, I remember that. Yep, yep, there he is. Oh, my God. Crazy Dave. Yeah, because he, yeah, he that... did get, uh, he was executed at Crown Point in 2006. I think he was. Yeah. yeah, see, I knew it was someone who was executed in Indiana. And that because I feel like most, most of the cases we cover, like they might get the death penalty, but there's not that many that actually go oh actually i think he i don't think he got executed i think he um died by suicide oh okay can't believe how much stuff like i don't remember well we've covered i mean we're like 150 episodes 155 i think yeah been doing this a long time my friend we've been doing this for a while while. (laughs) a lot of late night recording sessions a lot of shit that's happened oh my goodness yeah that's definitely for sure um yeah man well i'm sorry for telling everyone that you covered him because she did it neither of us i think we've talked about him i remember his name i feel like one of us have mentioned him yeah maybe he's in our cover this case yeah probably because that is getting pretty extensive the cover this case list is long, guys. So if you ever are listening and you're like, they haven't covered the case I suggested, it's because it's hundreds and hundreds of suggestions. And we try to get to them, but sometimes we don't. <laughs> um, Tell me something funny. Oh, it's something funny. Do you want like a bad no, joke? No, anything funny Or do you happened. want like a... Yeah, funny, funny fact. fact. Uh, earlier today, I sent a text, and I've been laughing about it all day. And I said, "All right." <laughs> I was trying to say, "All right, all done," but I said, <laughs> "I said, all right, all dong, all dong, ayo." <laughs> And every time I read back, oh, I didn't edit it. Sometimes I like you do them. edit yours. Did I edit the? <laughs> I edit my text, yeah, because I'm like, oh no, no spelling errors for me. But I didn't edit it because I couldn't stop laughing at it. All oh, dong. dong. We could talk about the live. Fuck off, man. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got hammered. On what? Uh, pear echoes. <laughs> from Aldi. <laughs> if that doesn't scream middle class suburban mom, I don't know what does. <laughs> I don't know what does. That was one of my favorite lives. Actually, Meg and I both drank quite a bit and we stayed on for like an extra hour. It was like a two hour life. Because we were like, you know what? Let's keep, this, keep party this party going. going. That was so Let's keep it fun. happening. That was a fun one. I woke up the next day and I didn't even feel bad about anything oh, that I didn't? said. That 
evening. No, well, maybe I could did a little bit. Maybe I thought about the things that I could have felt bad for, and then I was like, no, <laughs> nobody's mad about that. <laughs> Unless maybe they are. I don't Is know. Is the they the royal they, and you're meaning me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, my queen. <laughs> I don't know. Were you mad? Because I was going to text you and be like, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, I don't care. I have a Oh my God, but then fine. I was like, she's not mad. <laughs> if you want me to get a tattoo on my butt, Let's I'll do it. do it for you. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll do it for you. I'll actually get the same thing, but you. <laughs> same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's all we need. And you guys will never know because you weren't on no, the No, but if any of our live people say it, I'm going to block you from my life. Yeah, you're going to be You'll be banned. banned from the next one. First rule about Live Club is you don't talk about Live Club. <laughs> you just have to be there for it. That was so fun. We have such a great group of patrons who come and hang out with us. And I like it because, like, we've been doing it for so long. And some of our patrons have been there since, like, the fucking beginning. But yeah, oh, we've, I've, we used to... Um, when we first did like Patreon, like our live shows, because like once a month we'll get on there and we'll just like kind of just hang out. And it started, we had like three people on there. Yeah, there weren't no. very many. It, it was, was awesome. Not. And we were like, you know what? It's okay. It'll be, we just hung out for an hour and we talked. And like the longer we do it, the more unhinged. Oh, they, they do get, get unhinged. Like, we're like, you and know what? And then like we, what's, <laughs> what I love about it is, so we used to do it on Discord, but they were getting too big for Discord. Like we had to, get off of that shifted to a so larger now we have yeah. like a different program that we use it's like super fun and easy and it makes it like interacting like amazing and what i love is our patrons now know each other as well because they have their like we have our own discord where they talk to isn't that so they, cute they're all friends and then like we have like conversations that continue every month and like it's getting like more comfort it's so fun it is like honestly the highlight of my month every month and we barely talk about true crime oh, we on don't. these lives, guys. We just talk. No, like, it's bare minimum. We just talk about, because it's, I mean, it's uh, Patreon subscriber-led. So you, they can ask us questions, or we can do advice. We talked about what situationships were oh, on the, yeah, this last was, one. Yeah. And I was like, nobody could really explain it, but everyone knew yeah. what it meant. Like, well, not everyone. We were doing, like, they knew how shots and group chugs and it was a <laughs> wild time i want to do it i think Ooh, next time we do it uh we'll start pulling peep other people on the camera too because with like crowdcast you can like people like our yeah. subscribers oh i was like this is the first time no, i'm hearing like, this what like, do you mean like we're gonna get no, guests no, just like be like oh hey you want to take a shot let's do it you're on camera take it with us <laughs> oh that would be fun we should do that mm -hmm. Okay. You know who oh, we gotta I know get exactly. on there. Exactly. Sheila. Sheila. This is Sheila. This is your Sheila. shout out. She's the um, best. It could be like a fun Russian roulette. <laughs> That's honestly a great idea. I love it. I'm putting it in a note on my phone right now. Hell yeah. In my hey, are do your phone notes look crazy? Um, my phone notes are they vary from like hinge to unhinged. <laughs> from secure and understanding to absolutely and i never delete anything i have notes in my phone from 2016 
Yeah, I do too. Just so long. So long. I'm going to look. I have one. In the middle of like my grocery list, it's like, oh, here is a joke that you wrote one night when you were like, I could do (laughs) stand-up. Just. I have like random like little notes and I have a resume in here. I have a very specific uh, note that has literally all my credit card numbers. I know you're not supposed to do that, but it makes shopping online easier. <laughs> dude. Dude. It's dangerous. I know it is. But Are let's be honest, my phone stuff? never leaves my hand, so no one's getting a hold of that. Um, I have like three different notes that are Dang, now that I'm li- workout plans. <laughs> how's going i have a rant i have one i have one note with like six random email like addresses in it for people i don't know who they are oh my gosh when my husband was deployed he would send me these like some of mine are really sad though yeah like i have some like oof Yours are sad. Some of them are. Yeah, mine are too. Now that I'm looking at them, I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it. And these are like, ugh. Oh, but I have one that just says gravy check mark. Dude, I had one that I just deleted that said Aju. <laughs> <laughs> That's practically gravy. I think we're good on that note. Oh dang! I have my broccoli cheddar soup Ooh, recipe in here. To I'm gonna bust this send out. To me. I, I have a Louisiana gumbo recipe from a real live Cajun. From a real live, did you know the Cajun person, or did you yeah, just like meet them Saint and Karen's they were like, "Here's how you make it." Saint Karen's mother-in-law sent it to me. Oh, this looks like a good one. Oh, dang! What the? F- yeah. Oh my god! It's almost soup season. It's no, it is soup season. Mm-hmm. I woke up this morning, it was 50. Yeah, like it's degrees. gotta stay That's this way season. for like a solid four days. And then every flavor of candle in my house, every scent of candle in my house turns to something fall related. And the only thing that can play until football day is Harry Potter movies and Hocus Pocus <laughs> and uh Halloween Town and Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah, Gilmore Girls is a definite too. And Practical Magic. Oh, dude. I- I guess Practical Magic is like my, that's my fall comfort movie. I love it, it so much. I love much. it too. Oh, I love the Burr Buns. I am a basic bitch for the Burr Buns. I just act different. <laughs> we become, become another just person. Different... Yeah, I'm with you. It's because you're not sweaty. That's you can, that's a layer of that's yourself. <laughs> I'm not like a clout chasing rat. You're not rat. sweating out all your joy. <laughs> You're not a clout chasing rat. Like someone suggested. Or a cow. Which is, I like, I, that. that's different. Maybe. Maybe. We got a Instagram comment. It was an Instagram yeah, comment. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. You want me Dude, to read it? Dude, it's so it? funny. I I'll have it. it yeah. Too. Hold on. I'm going to read it. I have it right here. And they caught me on a day where I had been in meetings all day. I just wasn't here for the bullshit and it made me laugh and so i was like i want everyone else to see this person and laugh too because it said 
I've been listening for a bit, and as time goes on, I realize that Connie is a self-centered, clout-chasing little rat running on fumes from the BS kidnapping story. The jury is still out if he met Megan there, because, or if I'm just chasing after Megan's yeah. kidnapping story. My own, I'm my clout chasing Meg. Mm. Um, seems like y'all have just had the worst cards, and honey, we have. But go. <laughs> <laughs> ghost break-ins car stolen followed all of the shit is true yeah like i wish is. that it wasn't man my car insurance rate wishes that it wasn't why would you um i'm just what like what did he mean about remember ghosts? you're talking about your he house like, being haunted my my haunted yeah. house yeah. yeah like why would he be offended by like my haunted house that i enjoy being haunted like i think well, it he's was said, fun yeah Highly doubt it. Let's also not get started on the victim victim shaming from that cow, Connie. <laughs> I was like, damn, I know I've been a little thicker, but come on. <laughs> thicker than a snicker, cow, baby. Come on. Um I just had the and the picture of this guy, and I don't like to like talk shit about the way people look very often. But he has like a mullet glasses, like UFC gloves, and he's smashing a piece of pizza. And I'm like, yeah. Look, this is definitely like a fuck around and find out moment. Because like, if you're going to talk shit, like you should expect to have shit talked Dude, back yeah. to like, you. And that, that's like, kind of where I went with it. Usually we're just like, oh, let me just delete this. And I was like, not today, bitch. Not today. <laughs> Connie was feeling petty. petty. P-E-T-T-Y. the week, so fuck around and find out, because that's what I'm going to start doing <laughs> to all these stupid-ass comments. You're getting put on blast for all of our wonderful listeners, because honestly, my favorite part of this is reading what all of you guys want to do to this man, so. There's literally, like, probably 50 mm -hmm. messages in our inbox right now, just, like, laughing or questioning or being like, what <laughs> the fuck? Someone just said, settle yourself, Lassonde. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, oh what a son of a bitch i love this i love that people were like genuinely Someone concerned said, and then like i love it this one said i bet his mom doesn't even like yep. him someone this, said he looks like one. someone you'll be doing a podcast on a few years from now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what we got? This one, big yikes! What a dork. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my kind of language, like fucking calling someone a butthead. Or I a think dork all of the LA Sanders chafing in their underwear. <laughs> uh, yep, always have the audacity. Yeah, because now I do. Oh my god. This one, I'm just going through them. This was a, was an interesting perspective coming from a person who looks like he got rejected from playing Fat Elvis's stunt double. <laughs> oh my god, these are, oh, these are hilarious. It was worth it. You, I'm glad you posted. I'm glad you posted. I know that's where I'm at now. I'm like, you know what, man? This is absolutely worth. The the reply. <laughs> My favorite is this guy. is like, when can I get listener of the week? I hope you never do for something like this. <laughs> yeah, listener of the week is not a good thing. How do you get listener of the week? 
you don't you don't want that you don't want, you don't want this man my favorites just it just says i'll fight him this one not them mixing you guys up and then borderline also victim shaming <laughs> Just know if you heard your comment, and we are reading them all, and we are laughing. So thanks. Keyboard for the- warrior living in Jesus. mom's basement. Ao. Oh man, there's so many. So satisfying. Thanks everyone. Oh, there's a long one. That one is not about that, but I will read it later. Sometimes when I open a message and I see that it's very very long, I get immediately overwhelmed, and I'm like, ah, no, not not the second. I wasn't prepared. Like, I have to be ready for it. But then I go back and read it. Someone was like, wait, didn't Meg actually get abducted? Yeah, girl. <laughs> That's what they say. That's what I've heard. He must listen to us very well. And for he's been listening for a while, but he still doesn't know which one of us is which. Honestly, he hates me so much. He was just going to blame everything on me. <laughs> What's that TikTok where he's just like, oh, take a number, honey. (laughs) (laughs) You hate me? Uh, Take a number. I hope you fucking die. Uh, Take a number, honey. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Well, that's probably probably a good spot (laughs) to leave it. If you want to talk shit about it, please do so so that we can talk shit about you back. I'm going to start sharing my favorite responses. (laughs) All right, guys. Maybe we could share nice, yeah, nice too. Nice oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. All Bye. right. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which... We love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye.